Hey, it's Timmy Whispers from Stacey King's Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure you can take on any adventure. I'm planning on going river rafting this weekend, and I'm ready to head out on the trails with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Oh my goodness! Give me the hot sauce! Bill Pump! Give me the hot sauce! There it goes! Can go upstairs! How can you not be excited after listening to that intro? It is episode 33 of the Gimme the Hot Sauce podcast. We want to wave and say hello to all the people watching on YouTube. And what do you got going over there, Stacey? Oh, no. <laughs> we don't need to after hours. <laughs> after hours okay. yeah. All right. yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. This is episode 33. We thought we had a great collection of uh, former athletes who wore number 32 last week. This week, it's uh, just as good. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the founder of the Skyhook, wore 33. Patrick Ewing, the great center of the New York Knicks. And, of course, Scottie Pippen, the six-time NBA champion for the Chicago Bulls. Just stop right there. Okay, just- first of all. That 33 really should have been my number. Oh, that's right. Because yeah. I came from Oklahoma with uh, wanting 33, and Scotty was going to give it to me, but he was going to sell it to me for like oh, 250 grand no. for Jeez. number 33. I said, so you can just keep that number. <laughs> so the Bulls gave me 34. Yeah, you, had number a house. you had to buy a house for, for Lois. <sighs> that was after that. It was after that. I wanted 33 because that's my number all through Little League all the way up. My brother right. wore it. It's retired at Oklahoma, and my high school is retired. So uh, I really wanted that number, and I thought I could work a deal with Scotty. If he would have charged me probably $25,000, $50,000, I'd have bought it. How's it his to sell? Because he's wearing it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You got to get it. You have to get permission from somebody. That's why you saw, like, uh, Julio Jones. He you know he, yeah, didn't, he didn't take 11 yeah. because the wide receiver from the mm-hmm. Titans had it. Yep. Wow. Um, but – I, that's a great story and everything. But <laughs> Don't interrupt yeah. me. <laughs> John went down to the basement that they yeah, got a okay, prop here we go, for, here for we go. today's show. Over the shoulder is the only 33. That well, you should show it to the folks. They can't see it over It's a black and white. The legend. Yeah, here it is. Larry the legend. Four is the autograph. It's not out there. <laughs> Did he actually sign yeah. that for you or did you buy that on eBay? His agent, Bob Wolf. I had. Oh, I, nice. oh, Bob Wolf signed it? Yeah. It's a lot easier to get Larry to do it. Bob Wolf signed it. Hey, in the immortal words of Larry Bird, who's playing for second is all... Yeah. There's one thirty-three, and the other ones are all second. It's like a girl's writing. Yeah, it's yeah. not Larry's. No, it's not Larry's. Okay. If we, I'm, matter of fact, I'm going to talk to Larry and ask him. Give me that picture. I'm asking did he sign this. <laughs> hey. Oh my goodness! Yeah, it's, I think it's, it's like Michael Jordan. Yeah, and, uh, oh, <laughs> we'll get to that. Later. Yeah, we'll talk with our special guest yeah. Adam Amin oh, will join us a little yeah, bit later. You guys yeah. talked about a lot of those knockoffs. <laughs> yeah, I think your story happened to Shaq too, because he was 33 at LSU, and then he was 32 coming to the Magic. I think Terry Catledge held him hostage. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. Terry Catlett's had 33, and uh, he probably did the same thing that Pip did to me. Everybody's trying to uh, jack up the price. (laughs) Price gouging for for a jersey. I think it looks good. Yeah, Bob Wolf did a pretty good job. It almost looks looks real. 
Larry's, <laughs> Larry's personal assistant yeah. signing all those autographs. Yeah, man. Yeah. It says best, oh. best wishes. Stinger? Larry. Best wishes, Stinger? Yeah. Does it say best wishes, John? Yeah, it yeah. says best wishes. Okay. My good buddy? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Bob Wolf. Thank you. <laughs> well, you know, well, you remember the Jerry Maguire movie, Jerry Maguire, yeah. Bob Wolf. That's mm-hmm. the cameo at the end. Sure. So, yeah, he was a legendary agent. And, and you know who? Sports. You know who? Basically, um, um, Tom Cruise character is. There's two people that's modeled after after David Falk, and then uh, Lee Steinberg. Yeah, yeah. Lee Lee's Steinberg. in the movie too. Yeah, yeah. It's based off of those yep. two guys because they yep. were the two biggest agents. Mm-hmm. Uh, in professional know, football, in professional, in professional football, but David was the NBA. Right. David was the biggest the agent. Bird of in prey, NBA. David yeah. Falk. Oh yeah. man, you know what? It's, it's a quick story about David Falk. <laughs> this is how big David Falk was. Like, like, yeah. I, like when I was coming from college, my biggest thing was when you're doing these interviews with agents. I didn't really want to hear any pitches from anybody else. I want to know who Michael Jordan's agent was yeah. because he was doing all the commercials at the time. So I said, whoever he's got, that's who I want, which turned out to be David Falk. So I had a huge game in Vegas against the UNLV running Rebels. So I had 48 points, which is still a record today for opposing players. I just throw that out there, America. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, and so um, I get this meeting set up with David's assistant, uh, one of his assistant guys there who was in Vegas, Michael Higgins, who's, who's a big agent So not now. David Falk? No, no, you didn't let me finish. Michael Higgins was the introduction to me and David Falk. So Michael was working in Vegas, and he was at the game, and he said, hey, I want, I want, you, know, I want you to meet David Falk. He told me that, you know, I want to set up a meeting. I'm like, okay, that's the guy who did Michael Jordan? That's yeah. who I want to talk to. So I had this meeting with David Falk. You know, he tells you what he's going to do. You know, he comes in with this whirlwind presentation. It was all, it was all first class. I mean, I, you didn't even have to do all that. I was already sold. Because whatever Michael's doing, I'm, I'm watching Haynes commercials and Gatorade. And McDonald's. sometimes I dream. You know, I, I figured my name could be a sometimes I dream. Uh, he is me like Stacy. You know, I felt my yeah. name could be in that, you know. So, so David Falk, David Falk was so big. Like, so when you called him. On the phone. I, mean, I told Dave, I said, Dave, look, I'm not going to be one of these needy guys. I'm, I'm not going to be these guys that call you every two seconds. I need you, David. I need you, David. I said, you'll never hear from me. But I said, here's one thing. If I call you, pick up the phone. Oh, yes, Jason, I got you. I'm, I'll, I'll always pick up the phone. He was a liar. Yeah. So one day I call up, you know, some something was going on with the Bulls, whatever, and I wanted to call him and talk about it. So the secretary answers. You know, I said, hey, this is Stacey. Yo, Stacey, how you doing? Oh, da, da, da. I'm like, I'm doing great. Da, da. I said, is David around? Hold on. Oh, David's in a meeting. He'll call you back. <laughs> okay. So I'm like 23 years old. I'm like, okay, I know that. I know what that means. Yeah. Like, you don't want to talk to me. So then I said, okay. All right, I'll call back. She said, I'll call back in about an hour. So I called back in an hour. He's still in the meeting. I said, okay. So then the next time I call, I call back like two minutes later. I'm Michael Jordan. I disguised my voice as Michael Jordan. Yes, uh, Gladys. This is, uh, <laughs> this is MJ. Um, is uh, David around? MJ, Michael, how you doing? How are the kids? Da, da, da. Everybody's good. All of a sudden, I'm going to put you right through. Oh. <laughs> Two minutes later. Are you serious? I swear. And then so Dave comes on the phone and is like, MJ, what's going on, man? How you doing? It's not Michael, David. It's Stacy King. <laughs> I go, wow. In order for me to talk to you, I got I to gotta act like I'm MJ to get through? I guess so. He goes, no, 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 no. That wasn't it. I was in a meeting. I said, no, no, no. I said, I just called. And then two minutes later, I called Michael Jordan. I got patched right through. I said, wow, That's, David, that hurt. And so every time I called him, I was always getting put on hold. So I'd, I'd act like a different person all the time because I couldn't be MJ all the time because they knew it would be me. So at one time I called as John Stockton, Patrick Ewing, you know, all those big name people and yeah. get right in. And it 
MJ's now getting put on home. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm just like, I'm just like, wow, like that's really crazy. Like Did you you're take that your big. Fish? Hmm? Did you take your goldfish and go? You know what? Else? You know what? You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? And I, I, I was really, I was really unhappy about that. You know, but you know, because these agents get so big. Oh. You know what I'm saying? When they're recruiting you. You know, you're always going to be important to you. Oh, you're going to be the first on the list. Da, da, da. And it's just like college recruiters. You know, they tell you, we're not going to recruit anybody over you. Billy Tubbs tells me, you come to Oklahoma and we're not going to recruit over you for four years. You don't have to worry about anybody coming over you. Another six, nine, six, ten. I get on campus the first day, it was like six guys walking around, six, ten or taller <laughs> at my position. And I'm like, well, I thought you said that there was nobody in my position. And every year he recruited bigger guys. And so I was just like, wow, these dudes just say anything to get you to do whatever you, you know, they want you to do. <laughs> Don't trust the system, baby. Don't trust the system. America, that's a lesson. Don't trust the system. So what you got at the end? You got an autographed picture of Michael Jordan? <laughs> you know what? David's personal assistant. Listen, listen. Best you know wishes. what? Listen. They listen. You know what? That's a, it's, it, it, everything was more real in that picture of Larry Bird. Okay? So I don't even want to. Don't even get me started. America, if you can have seen this. I didn't fours, pretend. If you can see this fours no autograph of Larry Bird. It, it's, it's, matter of fact, Bird is misspelled. It's B-Y-R-D. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, that, that writing does look a little feminine. Yeah. Yes, yes. It's like one of those things when they put a paw print. You know, you just put a paw print. <laughs> a stamp, a rubber stamp. <laughs> but all, that, the, all the pictures look alike. But that Ted Williams card that he stole from his neighbor, yes. that's real. Yes, and matter of fact, what was the neighbor's name, Southside? Tim? Yeah. Tim now realized he that, he gave, that away, he gave away a once-in-a-rare card, no, no. and he's waiting to catch John yeah, walking no. to his car, and he's going to knock him no. over the head no. and steal it. No, so after he gave me that card, He's like, oh, I got some other stuff to give you. And I'm like, so he shows up in a little plastic bag, and he's got these cards, and they're not the same dimension as a regular card. I'm like, wow, these are a little weird. And I'm looking at them, and I turn them over, and they're blank on the back. They're not even a card. He must have cut them out of something. Off a cereal yeah. box yeah, or something? I'm, yeah. And well, I'm like, well no. maybe maybe that was the setup. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he was trying to set you up by giving you fake cards to go in your house and get the real one that you stole from him. They were they were cold in the Susan, Susan Southside Susan is also an accomplice because oh, yeah no. she set the whole oh, thing she's up. She's a double agent. She set him up. She set him up. Yep. Oh Tim, come on over here. Uh, my husband collects cards. If you're not going to take those cards, if you're not going to do anything with them, matter of fact, that Ted Williams, I don't even think he played. <laughs> you, you, Tim's like he, he didn't play baseball. It says like he played for for the for the Red Sox. No, I don't think he played. I think that's an imposter. Give that to give that to John. You know, if somebody came to rob the Walshes, they say, keep your money and your jewelry. Let's go down to the tub. I want yeah. all your cards. Go to the tub. Yeah. Go to <laughs> the they tub. They take you down to the tub at gunpoint. Yes. Go, I want yes. your cards. I want the cards. You keep everything else. Jewelry, yeah, I want your wrestling need. sling. I yeah. want the oil. Yeah. I want everything that you have in the tub because we've listened to this show from the very beginning right. and we know you wear a wrestling That's singlet. That's the real value oil. is. We yeah. want it all, buddy. That and my Vision Quest soundtrack. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah. Vision Quest soundtrack. That's signed by Matthew Modine. Oh. I'll bring that in next week. Oh, speaking of Matthew Modine, I just saw him in the in the Batman movie. He got killed. He was a, he was like the police officer. I didn't even know they killed people in Batman. The with the Bane, you yeah. know Bane. And I, you know, Batman movies normally DC never shows anybody getting killed. But in the this movie with Bane, they actually showed people getting killed. I was like, wow, I was really blown away by that, you know. And then Matthew Modine was was like a commissioner, the assistant commissioner, and so he's holding up uh, Bane and them. Like, and then the lady said, just just kill him. 
<laughs> and they shot they shot him down. I was they like, shot oh, Modine? shot him down. Did, the star like is falling. Yeah, did he, yeah. Not he, a big time star anymore. No. Did, he, did he make weight? I'm just no. Wow. Making wow. Weight. That's uncalled yeah. for. There wow. it is, right there. <laughs> He'll be performing this week at Zanies. <laughs> well, I don't know how we make the transition to actual sports talk, but we're going to make an it. attempt NBA, here. Baby. Let's do it. You know, one thing that wasn't funny last night, as the Denver Nuggets got swept out of the playoffs by the Phoenix Suns, was the Joker getting thrown out in the third quarter. That's what, horrible. What do you think? about it. I mean he did take a, a pretty wind up swing at Cameron Payne but you see so many hard fouls they just go off oh, flagrant one take your two shots you're still in the game and they threw the joker out it's almost like they want to get him out because they knew there was trouble that was going to happen before the game was well going. I mean think about this you know Bulls fans saw what the Joker did to Cameron Payne, and they've been wanting to do that for <laughs> they've been wanting to do that for a couple of years. The tank commander, the tank commander. So all Bulls fans were standing up yeah. like, "Yeah, Joker, way to get him!" And so that's the first thing I thought about when he did it. Okay, but then then reality set in, and I was like, "Okay, this is going to affect the game." Okay. This is not a time to place to eject that kid. It wasn't like he had a closed fist. And Cameron Payne did get hit in the face, but there was a little acting to it. Mm -hmm. He's on the ground. Uh, you almost need to get a helicopter with a gurney to put him up and pull <laughs> him out, you know. Uh, it just really milked it, you yeah. know. And let me tell you something. I was telling John this earlier today. Um, we're playing When I was in Minnesota, we're playing against the Lakers. Magic was coaching the Lakers. And Vladi Divac, um, I had got a rebound and turned to um, – um, face, you know, get ready to throw out of the pass. And Devox just swap across the bridge of my nose. And you know when you get hit in the nose, your eyes water. Right. You, you, your eyes are wide open, but you can't see anything. It's like it's like a light. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it just, I felt like somebody turned on a faucet. And then my nose just, poof, just bleeds, you know. And now everybody, magic's over there like, looking at me. Uh, 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 first day, so I get you know. <laughs> and, and so, you know, when I saw that yesterday, I'm like, well, he didn't even draw blood. You know, so you look at Cameron Payne, I'm like, I'm thinking, okay, he got hit in the nose. You would think that his nose would have been bleeding or, you know, something of that nature would have. None of that happened. Then he got up and he walked off to the, um, to the bench and he was standing there and he was like, talking to people. And there was no, oh, hold in my face, give me some ice or anything like that. So he really sold it. And the, the officials, honestly, should be ashamed of themselves. In that yeah. part of the game, third quarter, yeah. with, you know, half the third quarter there, that, that really sealed Denver's fate. Now, who knows if they would have come back and won that game, but you took their only chance by taking their, yeah, their all-star, right. their MVP yeah. out the game. You really handcuffed them after that, and that was really sad because they, they deserve to, to finish that game. You give them a flagrant one, you know, you give Booker a flagrant one, and you restore order. Okay, you know that Joker, you know, Joker is not that type of player. He doesn't have a reputation of hurting people or doing, you know, Bill Lambeer type of fouls. So that's out of character for him. And I was just, I was really disappointed in it. It was funny, he was going nose to nose with some of the Phoenix players, Devin Booker in particular. He almost looked like Drago from Rocky IV, you know. I'm a they, they really didn't want to see Joker. Seriously, no. Joker, Joker, I mean, they already, they already saw the little karate chop he gave Cameron Payne, you know, and, and that dude's a big dude, you know, yeah. and big dudes have power. You know, little guys want to get up and talk and trash and all that stuff. That the big dude's got power. He's got two hundred seventy pounds, probably of just just power. And then plus he's plus he's one of these guys like he was a big dude, you yeah, know, before yeah. and he it's lost a, all that weight. Karate was trying, like you could see Karate trying to get in there and push him off the spot, and it, it, it wasn't, wasn't moving. No, no, it wasn't. It's moving. like a bag of wet sand. <laughs> <laughs> What's our guy's name? Dave. Chief. 
Dave, what's his name? Zygmunt. Zygmunt. Oh, man, Dave. This is another quick story. But not even a quick story. But when we talk about bag of sand, we, me and Tim played pickup games back in the day at Forest Grove. Now it's Midtown. And we played with a guy who was at the time probably was like in his 70s. Oh, yeah. Okay, he was in his 70s. He's hooping. You know, of course he's 70 years old. And he's just out there, you know, and he's just a great dude. But he, when you played against him, like you bumped against him, it was like going up against mahogany wood. Like literally, <laughs> literally he was stone. Like if you ran into a screen, he'd set a screen and you're chasing somebody <laughs> off a pick. You swear you're running into like an NBA player, but it was an old man. And he he was just he was just like a wet bag of sand. You couldn't move him. Me and Tim, we used to joke about it all the time. Yeah, We'd always pick him on him. our team. We always pick him on our team. <laughs> so we just love him just just cracking people. Cause he was one of those those like he he really sought out contact. He you know, he shuffled, he had those little shuffling feet, and he'd shuffle over to a spot and he would he would lay somebody down off a screen. Awesome. Did you ever pass him? The ball came. Yeah, we gave him the ball. Come on, man. I was an assist man. I made people look good. <laughs> like this guy to my right. Yeah, yeah. If it wasn't for me, Tim might not have ever been picked in any games. You know, I, I, I've carried him for years. You would have taken the wet bag of sand, yeah, yeah, Tim. Yeah, yeah. You know, Tim, oh, Tim. Wow. No, 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 Tim. Thirty years. No, years. No, Tim. Hey, hey, America. Timmy Whispers. Timmy Whispers was an athlete. Okay, when I first started playing with this guy, he was an athlete. You know, he couldn't make a layup didn't shoot but he was a hustler and then he turned himself in There's with hard work wow. with hard work timmy whispers turned out to be one of the greatest players in forest grove history he's not, <laughs> he's not in the top 20 he's number 21 okay his jersey's not his little t-shirt's not what? retired up in the stands you know my t-shirt's up in the stands uh zig you know, Chief, we call him the guy we were just talking about who's seventy years old. God he's, rest his soul. You know, he's still alive. Is he still alive? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. He's, oh. he's not going. So he's got to be a hundred. He's, he's like he's like Lestat the vampire in Interview with a Vampire. He's like he could be two hundred years old. We don't know. He's like we'll yeah. have to get him on the show. Yeah, we did. We should get Zig on the show. <laughs> yes, yeah. He's a local. Yeah, yeah he's a local guy. Yeah. Oh man, great yeah. memories. Have him come out America. America. Yeah. Well, there's there's just so many great memories. This yeah. is why it's so fun doing this podcast because we can just stop. Yeah. Off. I mean, we have a segment called Off the Wall, but pretty much every segment is off the wall. Every off the wall. Wall. Mm -hmm. Hey, speaking of all-time greats, how about that performance by Chris Paul in closing out the Nuggets? Oh, 37 man. points. He played great throughout the series, and that was after he suffered a pretty serious shoulder injury in the first round. Yeah. He was out there running around. He couldn't even function. And then in the second round, he's back to being CP3, and I'll tell you what, he just got to that elbow spot, hit jumper after jumper, and people are going, oh, don't take a two-point shot. It's not worth it. Well, it is if you're making yeah. them every time. Well, those are the analytic gurus that yeah. are telling you three is better than two. Well, of course, three is better than two if you're making threes if you're not making threes and you're better shooting twos you should be shooting twos and Giannis. chris paul has basically just him and Kawhi leonard yeah. are two of the best mm -hmm. mid-range shooters kevin durant is a good mid-range shooter and those guys really utilize that mid-range game part of their arsenal and and what i like about chris paul and i think what it's really showing people and it's probably you know the bulls are looking at this how important a point guard is because you go back to the bubble last year, and we talked about this last week with Phoenix. They were, I would have loved to see how they would have done in the playoff situation because they were the hottest team in the bubble. Yeah, they the won bubble. all eight games. They yeah. were the hottest team in the bubble. Nobody wanted to see Phoenix. And then luckily they got out, okay? They're a carryover yeah. from that. Now, they were only missing a point guard last year. Now you bring in Chris Paul. Chris Paul now 
makes everybody's job more efficient. He's got, you know, Devin Booker now looks like Kobe Bryant out there. You know, he's moved without the ball. He doesn't have to do everything off the dribble. Chris is setting him up. You got Aiton is running the floor. He's setting him up. You got, I tell you, the kid is really, like, is really the unsung hero on that team is Bridges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mikael Bridges is a really nice player. I liked him when he came out of Villanova. And I think it was Philadelphia who drafted him. His mom worked in the office. Yeah, and then they and traded, then they traded him. him. Yeah, 10 and his dream, later. his dream was to play for yeah. the 76ers. They'd like and, to have him. And now. think about it now. They would love to have him <laughs> at that. He could have been their wing for the next 10 years. Right. Now he's in Phoenix. He's playing extremely well. Um Can I ask you one question? You, you mentioned uh, and we'll get to the Brooklyn series with Kyrie putting some pressure on him. And and early in the year you talked about Jokic just walking the ball up. They talked about it last night in TNT. I shouldn't they maybe try to put a little pressure? on Chris, Chris Paul because he just sort of walks up you know he's able to you know set the set the offense he can see everything and there's no pressure on the ball Ever. well Ever. you know I've always said that <laughs> I've, I've always talked said, about I, those I talk defenses. about it I talk about it the drop defenses I yeah. talk about the the switching over switching when you don't really need to switch um, I'm old school and and you know where guys have to guard their people I, I believe that in the second group that you have somebody like, like you know, uh, a Cameron Payne type of player that can push up full court. You tell him when he comes in the game, he says, hey, listen, Chris Paul has that ball. We want you to pressure him full court no matter what. Because what it happens is, is that you take their rhythm away when you're pressuring them up the court. It tires Chris Paul. You, now, he may yeah. get his shots off in the first two quarters, yeah. but third and fourth quarter, his legs are done because yeah. he's tired because he's had to bring the ball up under duress the whole I mean, game. Compazzo was doing it a little bit, and it started working out, out of the, uh, you know, start the third quarter, but I was just shocked to see them. Nobody does it anymore. Yeah, and, of course, a guy like him that can shoot the mid – at one point, eight consecutive mid-range jumpers in less than ten game minutes. I'll take that any time over, yeah. over over two for ten from three or whatever. So, well, yeah, I told you I'm not a big fan of the analytics anyway. So, you know, I, I think there's a place for it in the game, but I think it's more for baseball than it is really basketball because I think you got to take into consideration, you know, where are you getting your information from. You know, what, what 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 is warranting that those shots are better than certain shots on the floor? If you got a guy who shoots 30% from the three-point line and you're encouraging him to shoot, you know, 10 shots a game from the three-point line and he's shooting 30%, he's making three out of 10. But at the mid-range game, he can take the same 10 shots and make eight out of 10. Sorry. Now, if you're, you're an analytics guru, okay, so you do, the, you do the math, the twos are more than the threes, okay? So... If a kid is like Kobe White, for instance, Kobe White is a deadly mid-range shooter. Okay, he can shoot the three, uh, and that adds to his arsenal. But Kobe White, if you watch him in North Carolina, Kobe White was a big mid-range guy. Gets to his spots because he's so fast, he could stop on the dime and raise up. And that was a big part of his game. Boylan kind of took that away from him and tried to make him be more of a three-point spot-up shooter. You saw him get back to his roots this year, being able to get to the basket, being able to shoot floaters. He had the floater to his game towards the second half of the season. Um, you know, he's able to get to his spots and hit mid-range shots. Um, and you're going to see him evolve even more because, you know, Billy Donovan, and speaking of Billy Donovan, oh, my <laughs> goodness. He was at the Bucks game yeah. with – Patrick, Patrick Williams. Williams yeah. Now tell me that's not impressive. Yeah, that's great. Tell me that's not impressive. First of all, for a coach to be in the stands 
watching another team. Yeah. Tells you that he's a fan of basketball and that he brought his prize rookie with him to sit right next yeah, to him. This is where and, you're going to be. And we want I want you to watch Giannis yeah. and I want you to watch, you know, Kevin Durant. Durant. I want you to yeah. watch how they play, how they prepare themselves. And that I'm telling you something, man. That is a great teaching tool. You don't see a lot of I've never seen a coach do that. Maybe they are, maybe we just never saw them on TV. College coaches, that's, right? That's the first coaches. time I've ever seen an NBA coach and a player yeah. sitting next to each other at an NBA game watching another team play. I've never seen that before in my life. And that's only going to help Patrick Williams. Because all the thing with Patrick right now is is about him believing that he's a go-to guy. Yeah. He, he, you know, he doesn't, you know, and this goes back to his Florida State days. You know, clearly he was probably the best player on that Florida State team, you know, as far as talent and upside. But the confidence wasn't there, so therefore he was the sixth man. And right. Leonard Hamilton felt he was better coming off the bench, less pressure on him. I mean, I don't know. I wasn't there. But it seems like that's what it was because talent-wise, even though Florida State had some great – man was at Florida State. I mean, they had some really good players at yeah. Florida State. Yeah. But it's clear that Patrick Williams is probably the most talented of those guys who came into the draft last year. So, you know, now what you're looking at him to do this next step, you're going to have an NBA Summer League. And he's going to get to be featured. He's going to take 20, 25 shots a game. His confidence is going to be super high. I'm sure he's working on his game. And I'm sure he appreciated Billy Donovan taking him to the side and saying, just like he's like, you know, we're going to go to, we're going to, go to the Bucks game. We've got two seats. We're going to sit there and watch the game. You know, instead of having him come over the house and watch it, he actually was in the game with the atmosphere of the fans to see, you know, this is what it's all about. This is where you want to be. And this is where we think you can be. That was awesome for um, Billy Donovan's part. Injuries playing a big role in this year's NBA playoffs. The Brooklyn Nets jumped out to a 2-0 lead over Milwaukee and looked dominant. They won Game 2 by 39 points. The Bucks eke out Game 3, and then Kyrie Irving really had a bad ankle turn. I mean, that thing went all the way over, and he left the arena, according to reports, in a walking boot on crutches. I can't imagine Kyrie Irving is going to play Tuesday night in Game 5. He may not play again in this series. Um, Milwaukee really gets a second life here, a chance to win this series and, and maybe go all the way to the finals. Well, I mean, I felt Milwaukee was going to play better at home. You know, I mean, that that 39-point blowout with, uh, you know, Brooklyn in Brooklyn was kind of an aberration. You know, it was like, okay, first game they battled all the way back and forth. It could have went either way. You know, second game you come out, they just didn't have it. They didn't come out and play with any kind of energy, any kind of force, and they got blown out. And plus, you know, Brooklyn was making shots. You know, you get Joe mm -hmm. Harris hitting threes and – you know, Kevin Durant, you know what Kevin Durant and Kyrie's going to do, but it's the other guys, you know, you know, Mike Brown James, and Mike Landry James. Shammett. If those dudes yeah. are hitting shots, it's going to be tough for, for Milwaukee to win. But I felt Milwaukee going back home in their crowd, in their arena, um, that first game, game three was tough because it could have went either way. I mean, it was just like game one. Could have went either way. They found a way to eke it out because of Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday makes a big shot. Instead of waiting, you know, for Giannis to come down there and, and take that last shot, he's like, man, I'm going. Because you had your chance, you done blew a couple of shots, you took a three when we probably didn't need it, and he took matters in his own hand. That spin move that he made, that he went in and laid the ball up, that basically won the game for yep. him, that was awesome. And so the confidence of both him and Middleton at home has been tremendous compared to where they were in Brooklyn because those two guys did not show up in Brooklyn, and they showed up in Milwaukee. And again, they're starting to realize that Giannis doesn't have to do everything. There are other players out there because it's so easy to stop one guy when you know he's going to have 90% of the plays and drawn for him. And that's what Brooklyn's been able to do. They've been able to bracket him, been able to, you know, kind of neutralize him per se. And and now they're just waiting. 
dun, 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 dun. Southside <laughs> just got up like she's on fire or something. Like she just got up in the middle of the show. Breaking news. Yeah, breaking news. What's, but what's more important than this? Yeah. No, I, mean, I can't imagine. Yeah, I can't imagine. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think Giannis had like 26 points in the paint, and that's yeah. what Milwaukee needs him to do. And also, you know, you're talking about John walking the ball up the court. When he walks yeah. the ball up the court and the defense just lines up in the paint to stop that's him, yeah. he's not going to be effective. Yeah. That's when he sh shoots those crazy well, threes, which yeah. he shouldn't be well, doing. Yeah. When he pushes the ball in transition with those go-go gadget arms, he can yes. score from almost anywhere. Oh, yeah. This is what I said. When they got beaten third by 39 in, in Brooklyn, I, I tweeted out, Get this in the isolation play yeah. with Giannis. Okay, in the isolate because it's not going to work. It hasn't worked in five years. End it. Get the ball to Drew Holiday. Run Giannis off screens, cross screens. Bring him to the ball into the post where he's on the move. He can get it where you can't load up defensively mm -hmm. against him and, and bracket him in kind of in a box in one. When you put him out there in isolation, it takes so long for him to decide what he's going to do with the ball. Like, should I drive it? Should I shoot it? You know, where you look at a guy like Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant knows what he's going to do. I'm going to put the ball on the floor. I'm going to blow by you because you can't stop me. And then I'm going to use my mid-range game or I'm going to kick it to someone who's got a wide open shot. Giannis is not there yet. You know, no. when you hear that, you know, that Jay Williams, you know, which, you know, <laughs> that was a funny thing. You know, Jay Williams saying that Kevin Durant said, don't compare Giannis to him, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, there's some validity to that because they're not the same player. Right. You know, um, can Giannis, you know, Giannis is a, is a MVP in his own right. But when you look at Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant is arguably one of the top two players, top three players in the league. He's a okay. seven foot two guard. He's yes. got handles, and he's got handles. Yeah. He can pass. He can shoot, and he's a, he's the one guy other than LeBron that can play with other superstars and still stand out mm -hmm. and not have to search for shots. And right. you got to run plays for me. He could just float around and you know just play off of Kyrie and James. You know Harden. I'm in the corner. Bam! I knock down a three. Oh, I get a rebound and go full court and go coast to coast. He doesn't have to run plays, and that's why it makes him, to me, the most valuable player on that Brooklyn team because his ability to be able to mesh and play with everybody. We mentioned Kobe White earlier. He suffered a shoulder injury. We oh. learned that he'll be out four to six months. We're going to talk about the Bulls' point guard situation, all kinds of offseason moves coming up with our special guest, Stacy's broadcast partner on Bulls Television, Adam Amin, joins us next. Double A? Give me the hot sauce. Oh, yeah. Give me the hot sauce. Welcome back. Episode 33 of Give Me the Hot Sauce. Time to bring in our special guest. It's Stacy's broadcast partner on Bulls Television. The great Adam Amin joins us now. And I got to ask you... What's it like working with this guy, Stacey King? We have so much fun doing the podcast. What's it like trying to get ready for a live broadcast when he's always cutting up and, and tough to get him zeroed in at times? I mean, I'd like to think, I'd like to think, and it feels this way to me, but that when we show up, whatever time we show up, whether it's in the studio, whether we were at, at the United Center, whether you know, whatever it may be, that whatever conversation we're having is just kind of an extension of whatever it is we were talking about the other day or whatever it is that we were texting about that, that morning or, you know, all that. So it's, it's kind of a never ending conversation. <laughs> and I mean, that like the best way possible, like it just feels very organic. So if we're talking about the game, you know, we're getting ready for, for whatever broadcast we're doing or whatever team we're doing, we'll probably end up talking about something. Uh, for the game, but it's not going to be like, Hey, Stacy, I want to talk about this in the first quarter. 
or, Hey, Adam, can you set me up on this? It's just a conversation that pops in our heads, whether it's him and I, whether it's Joe Groove, our, our stage manager, whether it's Mark Brady, our producer, whether it's Tamara Anderson, our graphics person, like whoever just jumps in and says something or makes a joke or makes a reference. It's just a conversation that just keeps taking place. And that's, what's kind of, it's weird to try to pinpoint, you know, what it is in a pregame because it never really feels like we stop. It's just, we're just talking. Then when the game starts, we just happen to be talking with, with headsets on. That's what it feels like. Yeah, you guys made mean Joe group famous this year. Yeah. That's what we do. <laughs> Cause he's part of our team. He's part of the family and Joe group. I tell you what, Joe Groob does so many things behind the scenes oh, yeah. that yep. I think that people don't think that's important. And me and Adam will tell you, there's been many times where Joe Groob, when we were down there with the fans and people would come up after the game and want to talk when I'm on the air and mm -hmm. they want to, you know, I had somebody grab my headset trying to tell me something in my ear and Joe Groob, like he just jumped in front like a secret security, like a, you know, like an FBI agent jumped out and took a <laughs> bullet for me. Like he's like, hey, he's on the air. You know, and, yeah, and so he's about he, 160 yeah, pounds but, dripping wet. Let me tell you something. He's a black belt, a two degree black belt, <laughs> second degree black belt in uh, Taekwondo. There you go. And uh, no, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like yeah, and nobody messed with Joe Group. Oh. Nobody messed with Joe Group. Okay, so uh, yeah. so Adam, you know, give our listeners a little bit because like a lot of people don't know that you're from Chicago. You know, give them a little bit of history from about yourself. Chicago. A lot of people think he's you know he's from like you know California somewhere like that. You know, <laughs> uh, you know because he's a national guy. They right. see him on TV right. all the time. They don't know that he's a lot of people. A lot of people come to me and say, "Is Adam from Chicago?" Yeah, he's from Chicago. What are you talking about? Yeah. You know, so so give the listeners a Addison little bit, a um, little bit of uh, Addison Trail. Mm -hmm. Yes, there it goes. A little bit about yourself, Adam. No man, this is uh, it's it's the Addison Trail High School, Northwest Suburbs. You know, Fullerton Elementary School and. Uh, you know, started there. My, my, I was the first one in my family born in the States and we all kind of were, were centralized in suburban Chicago or in the city. My dad came to the U S in 1978. Uh, he was already married with three kids, uh, in Pakistan where my family's from, uh, and moved to the States in late seven in the, uh, in late 78. Um, and then worked for about seven years in a factory in Chicago to make enough money sent for the rest of my family. So I had uh, three brothers uh, as well, three older brothers. Uh, the rest of the family showed up in the States and in, in suburban Chicago in late 85 and I was born in late 86. So I'm from here. Most of my family has been here in some capacity, whether it's the city or the suburbs for you know the better part of four decades now at this point. So uh, a lot of our family centralized here. My mom's still here, My uh, two of my brothers and their families, their kids, uh, they're all here. So we've, we've kind of made this our home for the last three, four decades. And when people say that, that you've done a lot of different events, they're not kidding. I know John was pointing out the fact that you've done just about every sport imaginable. You've done a hot dog eating contest. I mean, <laughs> what's that like trying to be play by play on a hot dog eating contest? It's, it's the same thing, man. No, That's it can't be the same. I swear, I swear the preparation's the same. So you figure <laughs> out I had to learn, I had to learn the history of Coney Island. I had to learn the history of Nathan's hot dogs going back to the early 20th century. Uh, I had to learn about the first hot dog eating contest. I, I had to know every record and it'd be the same thing if I was going to go call the Super Bowl or the World Series of the NBA finals. And I needed to know at least a semblance or an idea of the history of the event. Uh, same deal. You have to know the teams, right? That you go in for a broadcast for. So these are <laughs> who are the competitors. It's these individual competitors, for athletes, whatever. Whatever you want to, you got to you got to prep the same way, and then and then when it starts, you cover the event. You know, it's 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 not much different. 
Well, and, and what I tell people all the time about Adam, because this is his first full season with us. And yeah. after, you know, he came and did some games last year as the Bulls were trying to find someone to replace the great Neil Funk. And I always had fun with Adam because Adam is hip. And he, you know, he brings an energy to the broadcast that, you know, matches my energy because we're kind of like, it's like a ping pong game back and forth. He can match wit with wit. He knows the kind of music I like. So we play off each other. The one thing I really enjoyed about Adam this year was the fact that, you know, he knows things that <laughs> that a lot of people don't know. I call him Geraldo Rivera. So he always <laughs> has these tidbits about people and he'll, he'll know where they were from. And, you know, oh, you know, uh, you know, Johnny has a sister and she likes cornflakes. You're like, well, how did he know that? Like, you know, so he, he gets down and gets in depth on some of the things, which is really cool. And it adds to the broadcast. So talk a little bit about that, Adam, and, and, and where that came from and, and you know, uh, how fun that is for you to go out and do do a lot of digging in the dirt, trying to find things that no one else knows where it is that is, is at. I wonder how this is. And, you know, I, I know like John, Mark, you've worked with, you know, different broadcasts, different sports for a long time. So you've probably heard a ton of announcers. I don't know if this is true, but it feels this way for me. I, I came up as a baseball announcer. So baseball on the radio, minor league baseball, you know, I did four or five seasons of minor league ball before I started doing national TV work. And the thing that you learn, especially when you're the lone broadcast for, from baseball team, you're on the air by yourself three, three and a half hours every night, you know, calling every pitch of 140, 150 game season. And you need to be able to not only learn things and get stories and get anecdotal information to be able to fill some of this time, but you also have to learn how to use it in a timely fashion and learn how to pace it between pitches. So you're not forgetting about the game broadcast. You're not forgetting about what's happening in front of you. And I, I think you know, I listen to Jason and Stacy York with, with, with Jason Benetti too. And, you know, Mark, I'm sure you've, you've felt this when you've been in the, in the chair for these games, it's you're trying to just keep pace with everything, but you also want to entertain and inform and, and be able to sprinkle some of this stuff in and baseball helped me learn how to do that. And I think being able to translate that eventually into now doing basketball at the NBA level where there are interesting stories, there are interesting nuggets about people. There are, you know, people are, are familiar with Damian Lillard. We know he's a very good player. So if you can give people a little bit more about him uh, to add a little bit of, of emotional connectivity to how you perceive this, this athlete, you know, that's a good thing, especially when you're covering a team. If we can give you some flavor on Zach or Kobe or whoever, you know, you might feel a little bit more emotionally connected to him. So that was always really important to me when I came up and was learning how to broadcast and, you know, I think people who start in baseball definitely have that as, as a, you know, a, a, a club in the bag, so to speak. Yeah. Adam, you, uh, baseball, Gary, South shore, rail cats, Juliet hammers of the Northern league. Yeah. Mark touched on your versatility. You've called softball, tennis, volleyball, but I think, uh, the excitement that you bring is, uh, you know, there's a lot of announcers that bring excitement, but I just want to play a clip that is close and near and dear to my wife because it involved a girl that we knew. And this is well before any, any of the guys in the room really knew you, but here's this clip that I'm just gonna play. For a trip to the national championship. Take her, take her. Good! <laughs> One second remaining. No timeouts for UConn. Williams down the floor. Samuelson. Notre Dame with the win. Off to the title game. 
That's good. It doesn't get any bigger than that. Oh, my uh, goodness. By the way, before uh, Southside has a question, uh, Joe, uh, Joe Groob commented, uh, he said, is the topic most handsome man in the Chicago, in the greater Chicago area? Oh, they're talking, talking about himself about me? or Adam? They're talking about me? Or? No, I, I said we were talking about you. He said, oh, it's the oh, topic. Okay. Oh, 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 he said it about himself. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Joe 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 yeah he's feeling man. himself right now, Adam. He's feeling himself right I now. I thought you wanted to talk about Enrique and how exciting and the Enrique. No, I just wanted to tell Adam that he was a legend with us long before he became Mr. Bull because... <laughs> Mr. A, Bull? Because, Did you wear the costume? Because of Enrique. <laughs> was it Benny? No, we just, we love that. I made this role, and I actually sent that to Enrique because your call was just... Unbelievably amazing. Uh, that means so a lot. Much. That means a lot because she, she she doesn't say much. So for her to say that and compliment you because she's always tearing people down behind the scenes. She's just killing Timmy Whispers earlier today. So for her to say that about you, Adam, that means a lot. Yeah. She respects you. I, I, no, I, I take that to heart, and and it's obviously a, a very meaningful moment for for me. You know, selfishly. You know, I, it was one of the biggest moments of, of my career. It might, you could argue it's one of the biggest, if not the biggest. And, and we thought that was going to be it. You know, we had a, we had a yeah. great night. Uh, the first game before that went to overtime. So we were excited. Hey, we got one good game in the final four. And then we ended up having that as the second semi. And we walked out of the building that night thinking, well, Sunday's going to be terrible. The championship's going to suck because there's no way we, you know, lightning strikes again. And two nights later, Enrique hit the game winner at the buzzer to win the national championship. And, she and I have stayed uh, in contact over the years. I'm a fan of hers from afar. Obviously, she's having a great start to her WNBA career. I know she's a Milwaukee girl. Uh, I was covering her brother, Dare, yeah. uh, when he was running back Wisconsin. in Wisconsin. And I've, I've run into him a couple times in the NFL. So it's, uh, you know, I'll always be connected to, to Enrique for that. And I'm, I'm thankful for that. She's, you know, a high-class individual and obviously an, an awesome athlete. Uh, Adam, I have one more question about announcing because – you make an interesting point, like it, you make it compelling, you tell stories, you get engagement, you, your excitement levels off the chart. But how do you you have to temper that, don't you, to some degree, because you can't get excited in the third quarter because it's only the third quarter. And, and how do you you know, it's an art form what you do and the way you've been able to just jump in with Stacy and allow Stacy to be Stacy. Because I used to always say that, like, how does it work with Neil Funk? They used to ask me at the seminars. I go, well, Neil doesn't mind when Stacy jumps on his call. And because Neil's done it all, some, some announcers that I won't mention used to complain. <laughs> Come on, go ahead and mention. Used to complain. He Who are those guys? Yeah. Well, you know, but anyways, but, you know, my no. point is. Yeah, you, but, you don't want to rat him out. But, Way to go. But, yeah. No, but my, my point is, is that, I, I mean, I, I like to have the game wash over me. I, lo I used to tell Len when I used to watch the Cubs when I wasn't doing the Cubs, hey, Len, you, you made me fall asleep. You did your job. So I'm just wondering how what? that. What? Yeah, wow. because I'm relaxed. I'm at home. I'm relaxed watching the game. That's a strange compliment from yeah, the singer. Well, how old you are you? You understand <laughs> that he's falling asleep in the Adam, middle of the game? You got milk one of his Rajan Rondo yeah, questions. Yeah, you, know? I, 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 you have to understand the nuances. 80-year-old man. You have to understand the nuances. Narcolepsy. Oh, there goes that book. I, I like the game to be washed over me. That's, I don't that's need... one of Len's career highlights, by yeah, the way. Yeah, he's he's washing over you. He was happy. That sounded nasty. All right, let's Washing over let, him. Let, let, let me to hear that in, in a very specific context. Yes, yes, yes. He yes. loved it. He loved it. By the way, it's a little but creepy. I do, I do creepy. understand though what, what John Thank is you. saying here. I think you're the uh, only one. You're the only one, Adam. <laughs> I mean, the only one. let me let me spin this as best as I can. No, I, honestly, it's I, I think pacing and tone are huge in terms of keeping a broadcast steady. 
because that, you know, Stacy and I, one thing we agree on so wholeheartedly is just credibility. Uh, and I think Stacy and I go on air. We don't, we, we play favorites. Obviously we want the bulls to win. We want them to do well. Stacy's career was made with the bulls. My child, I'm, I'm a fan of the team, regardless of whether I've worked for them or not. I'm a fan of the team. We obviously want the bulls to do as well as possible, but I don't think either one of us has ever tempered uh, a criticism. You know, I'm sure we say it in a, in a non-personal way. We, we don't attack people personally. It's never about that. We're evaluating the game that's being played in front of us. And I think we're fairly critical of the team if they don't play well, or if we know that they've done things better and we can use that as an example. And credibility is so huge in that sense for both of us. So we, we want to make sure that we keep that. And for me as a play-by-play announcer specifically, the credibility has to be there in terms of how you're treating moments of a game. I can't scream and yell on a on the first Kobe White three-pointer of a game in the second quarter. But if Zach Levine goes up for a one-handed alley-oop, that does that's that's a highlight. You know, that is this is a highlight-driven league. This is an excitement and star-driven league. So when it's a big play like that, if it impresses Stacy and I, and that's the one the other one of the other things I love about working with Stacy is that he and I both love basketball. We both love the plays with the athleticism, you know, the, the feats that these athletes can, can perform and we celebrate those. And, and that comes regardless of which team did it, which player did it when it is in the game. But in terms of how we tell the story of the game and the flow and, and how it goes from start to finish, I think we do a very good job of really saving the biggest moments for when they are the biggest late in the game. And, and I think you could see a lot of moments in an exciting year where we were able to live up to that. And that, that's something I'm proud of uh, for both of us. You know, we talk about uh, criticism. We always joke with Stacy that he's running for political office because <laughs> he doesn't say a bad thing about anybody. He wants oh. to make sure he stays on everybody's good side. <laughs> he's never he's never said a bad. He's not. He's never had a joke. He's very serious. He's very straight laced, as you all as you all know. <laughs> yeah. How do you guys pull it back in? And there, there was times during the broadcast this year where you guys are having so much fun, and you are both literally laughing out loud. And there's a basketball game going on in front of you. I know that's that's the art form, Adam. We're able to bring it back to the action on the court. But is that a challenge at times when Stacy tells you one of those incredible stories that you just want to laugh out loud? It's it's tough to keep going. You know, I think if people but if if people went back and tracked it though, that's another part about the credibility thing that, that John was kind of alluding to, like. If it's a one-point game in the fourth, like we're locked in, and that and that's the thing. I don't think we ever really lose sight of what's happening in front of us. And and it, a ten-point game in the second quarter or the third quarter is a lot different than an eight-point game in the fourth. And I think just by sheer volume of doing enough games, you know, having some experience in this, Stacy's been doing this longer than I have, and he he has a feel for this. So I, I think we pick our spots well, but we also don't put constraints on it. And I think if something's funny and we want to enjoy it, I think we let ourselves enjoy it because that's what it is, man. Absolutely, this is, yeah. This is supposed to be fun. And and the the other thing I, I'll say is that it is a long season and some seasons are longer than others. And if, it, if the team is struggling, then that's tough. It's, it feels longer than it is. Uh, when the team's playing well, the season seems to fly by. And those things happen at various points of the year. Uh, sometimes feel a little bit slower and we feel comfortable jumping into, you know, or going off the rails or going off topic. And sometimes we know in the story of the season and the story of that night that it's time to lock in. And, and I don't think we ever really have to question it. I think it's pretty, 
I think we have a pretty good feel for when, when those moments come and when they come, I'm happy to enjoy them for as long as they're funny. And as long as they make us giggle and as long as people have a good time. Yeah. People don't realize that you were calling the road games from the NBC tower, watching a monitor. I mean, that, that has got to be a real challenge. And I know of course you're doing baseball for Fox, you're traveling now, but I would think baseball is even harder to try to fill in the dead spots when you're watching a monitor in a studio or your home or wherever you're set up. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's by just sheer dimensional, you know, views it's, you know, baseball is a three dimensional sport essentially, because you need to know the height of the ball, the distance of the ball and where left to right, the ball is moving. Those are three dimensions that we're talking about. Whereas basketball, if you watch it on a monitor, it's essentially a two dimensional game. You know, they're, they're moving this way and that way and forward and backward away and back from you. Yeah. The Uh, ball doesn't score in baseball, right? It's the runner scores. So yeah, for him to like track the ball and the runner. Yeah. Yeah. And there, and there, there's more things to track at different parts of, of the park <laughs> in baseball. Money. So it is harder for sure. And for basketball, we can just back. Got knowledge. <laughs> I, you see, every time John says something, yeah. you see, I'm kind of like, yeah, that's it. part of yeah. the, uh, yeah. the yeah. fabric hey. of this show, Adam. You're like, I don't care. <laughs> hey, oh there's God. one moment talking about pandemic basketball and fans getting in. I, I want to bring this little moment in because, uh, uh, oh, yeah. We had a great this time. We brought them on, Mac and Diane. So let's let's re, uh, remind the viewers. Great setup, John. Yeah. Nobody knows what you're oh, talking God. about. No one knows anything. <laughs> Come on. That looks like an old jersey. That's I, that, like, that, that might be. I'm a, not gonna lie. That that looks a little bit like, like the one that, that, that you know, like, that like you like you that, found that on the street street vendor maybe. Buy, like buy one get two free. You, hey, you want you want you want this oh. uh. Nyquil oh. Jordan uh, <laughs> jersey. It's like, it's like the Bulls are like, it's like he might have made that at home. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, big fella. Hey, where where to represent, the team? brother? Where, where to represent? The team, baby? Where to represent the Bulls? Kobe White gives the Bulls their first lead of the <laughs> I don't care what nobody says. That was fun. We had a blast. And, and you know, the funny thing about that was is that we, you know, we reached out to Mac and you know mac was a really good sport about it they were in orlando and they were in orlando it was a bulls versus the magic and um you know me and adam you know we they they panned over there it wasn't like that was not even that wasn't even rehearsed or anything right, right. They just just panning through the crowd we were reading the drop i think at the time and of then, course you were you and then we are. then we then we see mac <laughs> yeah. the jersey and then we just kind of went off on him but but we were not really talking about mac i think a lot of people misinterpreted what we right, were doing right. We were talking about the jersey. He and says then, it's real, though. Yeah, well, yeah, it's the it's the Jerry Sloan one, like that was like yeah, in the sixties, yeah. yeah. which which I did my homework and looked at. It was very very similar, but the fact that we were talking about the jersey, not so much about Mac. Right. People thought we were just dogging Mac. We were just talking about the jersey, and then our experiences that we've seen knockoff jerseys being sold before, and that's kind of where yeah, we I said, went. I said, that, I said that strictly as a guy who the last time I bought a jersey. It was an Alfonso Soriano t-shirt jersey like on Wabash Avenue while I was walking to like my internship. And it was like a $4 because Soriano was spelled wrong and the Cubs logo was a little off. Like I said that as a man, like as somebody who has bought plenty of those. It is. uh, is And I've seen I've seen quite a few. I've seen I've seen some with my name on it misspelled. You know, S T A C Y. And you know, yeah, there's Stacy Kang, K A N G. Like, oh look at Stacy, I got your jersey. I'm like, oh, no, that's yeah. Stacy Kang. Or a cake that we gave you one time for your birthday. Oh yeah, they go where's it, Los Angeles? 
Yeah, in L.A., Jr. bought him a cake, Adam. We had this whole thing arranged. We're going to give it to him on the air. Neil pulls the cake out. Hey, I got you a cake. And he looks at it. He goes, hey, you spelled it wrong. You forgot the E. And Neil, <laughs> Neil quickly threw us in the bus. He's like, no, oh, wasn't we me. didn't get it for you. It, was it wasn't truck. me. It was the truck who got <laughs> it. I know Mark loves behind-the-scenes stories. I just want to uh, take this little time to tell the story about we met in Boston. So he was doing his first Bulls game. So I'm coming in. Uh, we meet in the lobby. He's like, all right, let's go. He, you know, he's an Espen guy. So he had the board. He wants, you know, detail. And what are we doing? I've got cards. I'm trying to show him all the cards that we, all the reads, because it's a little different deal with the regional games. And Adam's dialed in and all, the king comes down and sits down. <laughs> and we were, we were just getting ready. All right, what do you want to do tonight? And it was like, let me tell you a story. <laughs> right Adam right Adam and, and, and it was, it, and it, 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 it's played out exactly like that <laughs> so it was I don't know a Oklahoma story and we just sat there and I was just like, looking at Adam and Adam didn't even flinch he was so in I'm laughing because I'm like King and I remember we did that game and immediately got on the bus and, and King goes he's the top of the leaderboard He's yeah. on the top of the leaderboard, Adam Amin. And we had a lot of talent. We had a lot. We had, we had like we had a lot of talent. Yeah, I mean, uh, JB Long was really, yes. really good. Yes. Um, there were a few The one year, one year we had like 17 people come yeah. in. But I gotta tell yeah. you, Adam, there were some guys that I met up with and King wouldn't come down. <laughs> Oh, I'm, I'm sure they're listening to the show right now. Yeah. Way to throw me under the bus yeah. there, John. I don't care. I'm, I'm with this guy. I'm like, King, are you going to come down and meet your partner? And then he got me back because he didn't want to do the open on the floor. And I wanted to do the open because the poor guy was for her. You know, basically, it's his demo. Right. And King was like, I got a bad knee. He was undressing me on the court. And the guy was Way like, to tell everybody the behind the scenes, yeah. John. Mark likes those. Oh, I love those stories. Yeah. Oh, my God. Hey, listen. Hey, listen. If anybody who, if anybody were my former right now, former partners, uh, if you're listening to John, don't listen to him, okay? The reason why I didn't come down, I had a headache. I was sick. You're whatever. watching Oklahoma football. <laughs> I'm watching Oklahoma football. Whatever, whatever the excuse may be, if you're whatever listening and I didn't come down, it wasn't personal. But John made it personal now. He threw me under the bus, and I'm sorry. I just want to go out of America. I want to apologize to the people who I didn't meet. I'm sorry. Okay, but we did the game, though. Yeah, 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 he he was good. Yeah, he for the record, Stacy had breakfast with me in Toronto. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. And then he told you about the bus being late, and you, hey, you yeah, I got the wrong time. And I was, yeah, but this nope. one guy referenced Stacy's hairline. Like they, it was going so great during, oh, come during on, the telecast. Oh, they were laughing. This guy had all. He was like Adam, and he made one comment about his hairline. And that Stacy was like, "What are you talking about? What are you Chemistry talking about? destroyed. <laughs> listen, what? listen." And he never saw another day like. Okay, I'm just gonna throw that out there. I'm just gonna throw that out there, Adam. You cross me? Hey, I'm like the Godfather, baby. You're gone. You and I are familiar, but. Oh, hey, hey. <laughs> see, John. See, this is John ain't supposed to be telling all this stuff. Yeah. See, and now he's now, now I'm gonna have dirt I'm, on the down low. I, I'm gonna get somebody waiting for me outside in the car, <laughs> just and like say, Tim. I didn't get this job. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get the bull's job because you didn't come down and talk to me. And, and Yo, you gonna, favored gonna, Adam and me. Am I gonna have to take the brunt of this? Am yeah, I gonna take the yeah, you gonna have to take the brunt. <laughs> oh, Adam was Adam was Stacy's pet. That's why he got it. <laughs> 
Stacy came in talking about he was the top of the leaderboard <laughs> no. after the first time they did it. Way no, to go, John. No, you no, we we met uh yeah, there were a couple others. <laughs> <laughs> you want to start throwing names no. out to yeah, John? No names. No names. No, no, no names. Scroll, when you edit this video, can you just scroll yeah, the names? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Just, it'd be a who's who. Yeah, we had a lot of fun in Miami, too. He did a really good yes. job in Miami for us, and I re we really appreciate that. I think that solidified the job for Adam, that Miami game. Oh, man, I'm going to be honest. It was a good time, that was, and that was, yeah. the, that was a, a win. I remember that game was a win. Yeah. Uh, funny photo, because Stacy, like, I still have it, like, uh, in, in my uh, on my computer. It's Stacy had to lean down because I'm so, I'm just so much shorter than, than most people. I mean, I'm used to it too. Because I, I mean, listen, I work with Rebecca Lobo, I work with Alfonso Ellis, I work with Stacy, I work with uh, NFL quarterbacks like Kelly Stoffer, who's six four, six five. Like everybody I work with is a tall former athlete, so I'm used to it. But it still makes me laugh. Like if it makes us laugh and we have a good time with it, so that photo I was like, I walked away with really good memories from from going to Miami and getting. To you know, work with you guys there. Well, I tell you what, I saved you that game because John wanted us to do live standing up and actually be standing up instead of sitting down. And I vetoed it. I said, no, I'm six foot 11 and Adam is four two. It does not look good on television if we're doing that. So I nixed it saying, so thanks people, to me, people Adam. Gonna, people are going to think this kid is like, this is like a dying child. Like, <laughs> we we look like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny Benjamin, DeVito and twins. Benjamin. Yeah, exactly. That's what we'd look like. And I had to nix it. on his way out. Our Emmy award-winning producer, John, wanted us to stand with stick mics because he thought it would be really nice to show the, the show the difference of size. And I, I, I said, no, absolutely not. I am not going to do Adam that way. I am not going to be Mr. Work and him be tattooed. It's not going to happen. I'm just not going to do it. Okay? All right. Uh, and oh, Zach Levine, the plane. The plane. <laughs> the plane. The boss, boss, the plane. <laughs> Adam, real quick, tell <laughs> I tell people how much fun that we actually have behind the scenes. If people could actually, if they had a camera behind the scenes or how we like how much fun we have behind the scenes, like especially at NBC. Because <laughs> NBC, it's a little bit different than doing the Bulls games because we were actually at the game doing the Bulls game. We're up right. on the second level in the suite section. But when we go to NBC, it's a totally different ball. Doesn't game. even seem real. No, it feels like it feels like an episode of like Big Brother or <laughs> or uh, what is it, Real World the, when the house when they're yeah. all living in the same house. That's yeah. what it feels like. So we're all separated by rooms, but we're so close enough we don't even have to open the door to talk. We can actually hear everybody talk throughout the building, which is pretty cool. And then it's so laid back. Like if people really knew, <laughs> if they really knew what went behind the scenes of how we actually dress behind the scenes. <laughs> I remember we we started the year, and you know I I wore a suit you know or or whatever like you know I I typically just wear like nice jeans like nice black jeans I'm not gonna lie about it but I wear like you know good jacket coat tie all that stuff so I show up for the first couple games on the road and we have like a four day I think it was an early season like West Coast road trip. So I was like, all right, I'll bring like a couple jackets and, and then leave it in there. And when I started doing that, I was like, wait, let me look at the camera. Are we ever on camera yeah. <laughs> at all? No? Yeah. Really? You're sure? No. All right. And then from then on, it was like a, like two weeks into the year. I told Stacy straight up, I was like, listen, man, I'm going to start wearing these Nike sweatpants to every, <laughs> every broadcast. Oh, dude, no, I was, we had shorts up. on. I had shorts on when it was warmed up. You get from the, from the waist up, we were suit and tie. We were dressed nice, but from the bottom, it was like, it was an anchor man. You didn't really know what was yes. going behind the scenes. Lovely. 
Oh man, yeah, that was some. We had a lot of fun, man. We had a, we had a lot of fun. It was it, it was, was it just it just provided. It was you're right. Those days, it was just so chill. We had such a good time. We never felt rushed or anything like that. Not and I like to say we feel that way on site. It's just you. I could tell the difference, you know, because you're in a static environment. You don't know what it's going to be like. And I actually loved it too because I don't think we dropped the energy because no. of that, you know, because we kept laughing in between breaks and we kept making jokes, you know, with our crew and, and with us and. And that I, I always say that those those moments in between, you know, spots, like basically commercial breaks, like I like being able to organize the broadcast, you know, hey, what, what are we doing coming up? Anything we need to do? What are we going to do coming out of a break? And then we'll go from there. We'll pick it up afterwards. And, and I also just like to mess around and I like to keep laughing and keep the energy up. And it's hard sometimes in a static environment for Stacy and I, too, who are energetic people you know, to, to get up because there's no crowd. We're not really hearing the, the road feed, you know, so we're not really getting a sense for any crowd if there wasn't a, and a lot of games there weren't early in the season. So it was nice to just be able to go back and forth and joke and laugh with everybody and keep the energy up, you know, especially when it's 1130 and the bulls are playing golden state on a Monday night, you know, like it's, it's important to keep that energy up. And I think that helped just having everybody close and, we can yell jokes at each other and do our Aaron Neville limitations or, or you know, rip on Brady and Brady, whatever. Or, and, and even talk to the studio guys, you know, like, you know, like we can just interact with everybody and it keeps everybody's spirits up. Let me ask you one basketball question before we let you get out of here. Obviously, it's an important offseason for the Bulls straight ahead. I know Stacy's real optimistic about what this team can be after the Vucevic trade. Didn't work out in the short term, but there were a lot of circumstances that played into that. Now the Kobe White injury, he's going to be out four to six months. What areas would you like to see our tourists in the front office address to make this a playoff team next year? Do they need to solidify that solidify the point guard position? We saw what Chris Paul did for Phoenix. Is there a guy out there that that can maybe do that same thing for the Bulls? Yeah, we've had some talks about this too, and I think the the Kobe injury only only uh, exacerbates what you what what that need is now at at the point guard position because I think there there was maybe I, I don't think this is everybody, but I think there was maybe a glimpse of thinking, all right, maybe Kobe White can play a mm-hmm. little bit more extended periods at the point guard position. We saw when Levine was out that he at least had a, a better feel the second time around after being benched and coming back. He, he did a, a solid job. So maybe there was some thought, all right, well, you could at least have him as a number two point guard. Maybe that affects what you do with Thomas Sadoransky. Maybe that affects what you look like uh, in free agency or, or in a potential draft situation. Now with his injury, it's priority number one. I know, I, I know it was pretty high on the list to begin with. You could argue one, two, whatever. I think that's number one. Uh, there's a lot of realistic options. There's some veteran options that may cost you a little bit more, but there are going to be some options out there, and it's important to have that locked down and solidified for next season. And then I think the, the getting a big in the vein of Daniel Tice, if, I, I don't know if the bulls can keep him just because he's mm-hmm. going to have a lot of suitors and rightfully so he earned it uh, the last couple of years. And obviously what he did in Chicago was really important. So he's, he's going to get some big offers. If you can't keep him, I think that position, it was really shown how important that position was a tough hard-nosed, defensive-minded five who can maybe stretch the floor a little bit and has some offensive prowess uh, without needing the ball on, on a consistent basis. I think those are the top two things that I'm looking at because Levine's set you know, for another year. You, you feel very strongly about him. You feel strongly about the five, uh, and you feel strongly about Patrick Williams playing the three or the four. Uh, I think point guard is one, and then getting that tough defensive-minded big is number two.
What did you th- What did you think of seeing? And I don't know if you saw it. You know, Billy Donovan and uh, Patrick Williams at the <laughs> Milwaukee game. Which yeah, was cool. I was I was excited about it. I thought it was a good yep. thing for Patrick. And I've never in my life, and I was telling these guys this earlier, I've never seen an NBA coach and a player do that ever. And I, I think it's just a good sign. It's a great sign of things to come. And, you know, these are both two individuals that have come in together, essentially, to the same organization. They're both rookies, in a sense, uh, this past year with the Bulls. So you, you can probably assume that, co- you know, and you know this, Stacey, and you, you, you talked about this with your relationship with multiple coaches in your career. When you grow with a coach, you know, that bond only becomes a little bit more solidified. When you're a rookie, that first coach that you have, that influence is big. And I imagine that for Patrick Williams, Billy Donovan is a huge influence. And that's the case for every rookie, wherever you land. That's why it's important, you know, where rookies land and what coaches they're with and who's in their ear and, and who's guiding them and giving them uh, a little bit of a sense for the league. That's why the veterans around rookies are important. So to see that there is a bond there between a coach and a player, even if it's it, it just giving a little bit of a sense of Kevin Durant, and what, what a playoff game might feel like, what adjustments look like at this level when the intensity is ratched up. You know, the, these are all good things for Patrick Williams to, to learn about, experience. He'll, he'll get a little bit more uh, lead experience probably in summer league as a, as a number one or number two option. So these are all good things to start absorbing in terms of information for a smart kid who who really looks like he wants to take the next step. I was I was kind of hoping they'd get a bus and do a field trip with, with most of the guys <laughs> on the team because a lot of guys on the team hadn't been to the playoffs. And just for them to sit there and, you know, soak in what it's like, this is where you want to go. Like, you know, I know Kobe got hurt. I'm sure they probably wanted to bring him. But it would have been pretty cool seeing some of the Bulls players there actually watching – the game live and seeing what it's like to be in the playoffs. And this is where you want to go because no one other than, you know, Vooch and Thaddeus and I want to say Sato has been play of any kind of playoff experience. The rest of the guys have no playoff experience. They don't know what it is. And for them to be able to see, you know, this is what we're playing for. You know, this is what you play for the second half of the season. You don't just play for 82 games. You play to get to be one of those. Because I, I still honestly think you're going to see these playing games for the rest of the time now. I think that's going to be yep. a new dimension that they're going to add because they've had so much success. It was very compelling uh, at the end of the season when you see teams like the Lakers, who were top three team, all, had to battle their way in. And I think that that's going to be something you're going to see the rest of the time um, that we're playing in the NBA. I think so, too. And, and, and I enjoy it. I, I think – you know, I've seen this happen in baseball the last few years over the last decade with the addition of a wild card last year, obviously it was an expanded playoff because of the shortened season. But I, I think the wild card, now that we're back to normal in baseball, the wild card still leaves a lot of, a lot more doors open for teams to walk through for potential playoff appearances. It keeps more teams invested and that's what every league wants. That's what every professional sports league in this country wants. And I think Adam Silver found a nice happy medium with seven through 10. And I think it works. I think it keeps teams invested. The bolt, we were certainly more invested, whether what, whether it was doomed from the start or whether they were competitive all the way through it, the, that opportunity was still going to be there for the bulls and for three or four other teams that otherwise wouldn't really be in that conversation. So I, I think it's a great thing. Uh, I think it gives you a sense of what now again, now it, it, it adds value to the top six in each conference. I think it adds value to the regular season. Mm-hmm. Now you want to avoid the seven through 10. You don't want to have to deal with that. So let's make sure we work hard to be a top six team. And, and I think that helps the competitive nature of this sport and, and go back, going back to what you're saying about the younger guys, Stacey, it is, it is a different sport. 
you know, you played through it and you know what the difference is between resting your body a little bit in a mid February game compared to what it's like that, you know, third week of April uh, when, when the first round begins, the intensity is way higher. Uh, the prep is a little bit more intense and deep because it's the same team. It's the same personnel and you feel it in the arena. I've called a lot of playoff games and, and it is intense to the very final second of a game and guys need to have an understanding or the, or I should say the guys who have a better understanding of that, I think really have a better tendency to perform better when those, when those lights are the brightest, when, when the intensity is at its highest. Well, we're hoping the Bulls will experience that playoff atmosphere next season. One thing we know for sure, they've got a winning television broadcast team with Adam Amin and Stacey King. Adam, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate you having some fun. This is kind of a weird show at times. We appreciate you rolling with the punches. And I should point out, for the folks that are watching on YouTube, you're the first guest to successfully change rooms during the course of the interview. So that's you got that. You can put that in your resume as well. The great Adam Amin, you can catch him this weekend on Fox. This isn't like the fanciest background or anything like that. I'm just I'm just hanging in my apartment with with a lot of natural yeah, light. Yeah, you know, you, hey, I understand what you did, Adam. You didn't want everybody to see your five thousand square foot condo. <laughs> yeah, I, I get you though, bro. I get you. I get you. You don't want everybody to see everything. Next time we'll do you NBA know, cribs I, with I, Adam Amin. I had to close the 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 sliding glass door so nobody would see the water slide. So that was <laughs> oh, that's where the magic happens, baby. That's right. Coming up next, uh, give me the hot sauce, a tour of Adam Amin's palatial estate. Hey, good luck calling the White Sox and Astros this Saturday on Fox. And we look forward to having you on again, Adam. You're the best. Thank you so much. tweets out there. They heard us. They heard the jokes out there. Absolutely. Yeah. Mac, let us tell you something, man. We just had some fun with you. You know you're a big Bulls fan. We love it. And we are sending you a gift care package. Yes, you sir, got that. From us and the Bulls. <laughs> Sriracha. Sriracha. Give me the hot sauce. What a perfect tie-in here. These are collector's items that we are offering you here on Give Me the Hot Sauce. If you like hot sauce and barbecue sauce, hey, you're listening to the right show. Give Me the Hot Sauce says the best small batch organic sauces to spice up your kitchen. We've got the Chicago-style red sauce with a garlic twist. Our St. Pat's Verde Green with extra avocado and cilantro. And our brand new King's Q. Timmy Whispers, hold that up for the folks who are watching oh. on YouTube. Some great oh. stuff, brand new. Awesome. The King's Q, a bold, spicy, and sweet sauce, just like the King himself. And you know what? If you buy a bottle, not only will you like it, she'll like it too. <laughs> hey, we got a special offer for you too. If you use this code, Hot Sauce 21 which is one of the numbers that Stacy wore yes. with the Bulls, Hot Sauce 21, you get 21% off of your first order. Hot sauce 21 for 21% off. And Timmy Whistler's promises, if you order today, you'll have it in your hot hands for Father's Day. And if That's you don't right. get it by then, call Timmy Whispers and complain because... Did Timmy make he, up that promo code? Yeah, he did. Yeah. 20, yeah. 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 It sounds like a Tim promo. Tim promo. 21 or 21% off. We've gotten off. great feedback on the barbecue sauce days. Oh, People are loving it. Man, I'm going to tell you something. All the sauces <laughs> are delicious, America. Okay, but I'm going to say this. The green St. Pat's Verde is off the chain. Let me see that, Mark. Yeah. Let me see that. America. <laughs> America. America. Can you see this? Can yeah. Can you see this? Okay. This this right here is green gold. Okay. I had this on my quesadilla this week. I'm not much on the green because the green kind of scares me. Okay. But I tried it. 
Cause it's mine. So I tried it. <laughs> so <laughs> I poured, I poured it on, I poured some on a quesadilla. I called Timmy Whispers. Timmy Whispers is up in Michigan. I don't know what the hell he was doing up there. I think you weren't was, with him. No, no, I wasn't with him. No, I wasn't with him. That's okay? a whole different. You know, story. That's a whole different right. story. Okay, <laughs> and don't 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 interrupt me again. I'm getting ready to tell my story. Okay, <laughs> you know how I feel about that. Okay, Stinger. So anyway, before I was rudely interrupted by Stinger with his Molly jersey on. Um, I called Timmy Whispers up after trying this uh, St. Pat's Verde on my quesadilla, and I just told him it was the best sauce I ever had. Best, best. It's just the best one. Uh, they're all good. Get them all three if you want. To. There's a special deal. You buy three or four. I mean, the next code them. will be she'll like it too. Yeah, the next. <laughs> yeah, that's our next. And she'll like it too. Frank Thomas, I know you listen to the show, Frank. I stole that from you, from Neutrogenics, okay? <laughs> you know, when, when, he, when, he hits that, when he hits the Neutrogenics and he says, hey, this testosterone will give you the boost. And she'll like it too. You know, they could use that clean and lift in there for Stacy. He's, he's lifting, you know, you see. Oh, yeah, right. But right. Let, let's bring that out for a commercial. Oh, oh, you talking about when I was when I was my yeah, super strong but, and throwing up weight above yeah, my head like 250 pounds? You know. Yeah, if you keep interrupting me, then you're going to see you get tossed up hey, above my head. I'm going to grab you by the ankle and the wrist and I'm going to toss you up yeah, there. Yeah, before we get to off the wall, I've been sitting on this. I want to get this in. Oh, Another autograph picture? No, I just want to get this in. No, not no. improved. <laughs> he is the MVP. Yeah, you, but his oh, team's record's not that good. I, I don't care. I mean, back. he is the MVP. The voters care, though. No, well, I'm, yeah, the voters. Well, do. <laughs> no one cares what you think. <laughs> well, they will when I'm right on this one because remember, draw a line in the sand. Oh, remember, man. the top of the West is. <laughs> All right, I just want to get that in because that that's was been our pr prediction. Yeah. That's right that's off. Been of doctored. The sound America. Doctored. That's right off the of spot. <laughs> Spotify. I just that, went to. Doctor America. So, what was that conversation? I don't even remember what it was. That was, was the conversation with Jokic MVP. When I, I never heard the name. Did I never say heard Jokic? No, that's what I'm no. saying. It was doctored. Yeah, the top of the West is filthy. You know, with Utah, Denver, the Gets Clippers, a lot of teams. the Lakers. Yeah, but I'm going to tell you, after watching and talking with King, the night that he completely demolished the Bulls and what did. he did. Yeah. And I like to see more of that telestration stuff, Stacey, where you were, you know, okay. so but, 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 but it just goes to solidify what I said. Yeah. That I said, Jokic was going to be MVP. As you can see, at first he, he denied just it. Hung he on did, to your yeah, opinion. Yeah. yeah. He denied that I even said it. Yeah. You know, Tim, me and Timmy Whisper said it. Me and Tim. No, it was clearly there, America. You He's heard just riding it. your coattails. Yes. Of oh, course I am. After, <laughs> after talking to the king, yeah. I have to agree with the king. But see, before he didn't say He's that. He's taking all at the credit. At first he said, I didn't yeah. say it. I said Embiid or somebody else. Yeah. And I, it was I said Tim, Curry. Then yeah. it was team. It was, it was Timmy Whispers hey, and him. They paired up to each other. You're running campaigns. I'm making bold predictions. No, you know what? You're, you're running for office. I'm, th I'm throwing you, stuff out there. You are a guy. You are a guy that worked behind Curry. the scene and doctored that say up. Curry. And he laughed at me. He's like, not a chance. And he, he did. Okay, he, he said Curry. Time. But did Curry win? No, but he was right there. But no, no. Where did he? Where did he rank? He was like fourth. I think he was third. No, I think he was fourth. He got he one got vote. One vote. He got one vote. He got the same amount of vote Derrick Rose got. That's all it takes. Okay, one vote. For MVP, it was Embiid and it was Jokic as the number one and number two guy, and, and it wasn't even close. It was a what was it? What was the numbers, John? <sighs> Let me he's see. still looking. Oh, hey, while he's looking for know. that, oh, this God. is the off the wall segment. We yes. like to tell stories that get us away from the world of sports. And Stacy was thinking that since it's summertime, and Giannis and then Curry, 
everything's opened up again around the city of Chicago that, you know, watching the games at Wrigley Field this weekend was so much fun against the Cardinals with almost full crowds. And, awesome. and the crowds were going crazy. The ESPN crew was focusing on all the people drinking beer and the bleachers and then the cup snake that was going all the way through the left field bleachers. Awesome. But, you know, back when we grew up, it was a little bit of a simpler time, Stacey. Oh, real simple. <laughs> back, back in the mean streets of Oklahoma. Yeah, hey, hey, Mark. We're going to be moving some furniture. Over here. To, don't discredit Oklahoma, baby. All right. All of us didn't grow up in the suburbs. I, you know, I didn't grow up in the suburbs. I grew up on the other side of the track. Those okay? clear streams. Okay. I'm done talking. This This, this, this has gone out of hand. America is getting ready to be some furniture moving up in here. Okay. So we, we get into these discussions all the time, you know, talking about our childhoods and things that we've experienced that kids don't experience now, you know? So when, when I first came to Chicago and when I had children, and my children started getting able to go play with other children. I, I started hearing the term play dates. <laughs> I'd never heard of the word play date before. You know, it'd be two moms talking. And, and then I'd say, hey, you know, we, we, you know I'm going to take Eric with me to basketball practice, whatever. No, he's got a play date with Johnny. Oh. Well, what, what, okay, I know Johnny, but what is a play date? <laughs> well, me and, me and his mother, we scheduled a play date every Thursday at 2 o'clock. I go, who, who does that? Like, why can't they just, why can't they, first of all, why can't they just play? Why, why does it have to be a play date? Can't they organize their own thing? Like, hey, Johnny, I want to come over and play. Da, 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 da. It was always, it was always organized. So when I grew up, there was no play dates. Okay. There, everything was based around whatever sport the season it was. So if Oklahoma football was playing, there was no playing. Everybody was in house watching OU football. But when soon as the game was over, it was known by every kid in the neighborhood show up to the park. We're playing Sandlot football. Everybody knew. No one had to be called. Hey, Stacy, you want to go play football? It was none of that. We just got on our bikes and we went to go play. That's how it was. If it was basketball season and we only got like Philadelphia, Boston, we didn't get all the NBA because that during that time you didn't see all the NBA games. So, and it was, it was, uh, it was uh, tape delayed. Mm-hmm. So we'd watch the Celtics play or whatever. And, and when those games were over, everybody knew to go to the park and it's time to go play. We never had to call anybody. We never said, hey, we're going to meet at the park at 2.30. You just knew. When that game was over, you see all these kids coming out of houses like ants. And everybody knew where to go. It was one of the coolest things. But nowadays, you know, everything is so organized. So everything is like, like, think about like when you were playing. Like we played on courts with no nets. The goals were bent. <laughs> There's rocks on the ground, bottles broken. You know, that's how we play football field. We played with rocks and stickers and glass on the football field. You, My kids grew up with manicured lawns. <laughs> like some of the games that they played, I was like, wow, I wish I would have grew up in a lawn like this or, or a park like this or a, a, a court with actually a three-point line, free throw line drawn on it. Uh, nice nets. Oh, it was all the uniforms and the uh, bags and the uh, bats. It, it, you know what? It's it just it just really pains me thinking about my childhood. You gonna be okay? You <sighs> need a moment. It, it, this might be one of those couch moments. All right, you why, why, why don't you take a moment and let's go over to the country yeah. club? Uh, let's go over to the country club and talk driving Rolls Royces and yeah. Challenge yeah. dad. Fur coats, convertible <laughs> Rolls Royces. Yeah. Risky, Here's $20, go buy yourself a nice <laughs> Risky business or 16 candles yeah. like or, parties. Or, 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 or Forrest, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Well, it was all about pain for us. Uh, it was uh, shooting Pain BB or pain? Pain. Pain, shooting BB guns at each other, bottle rockets. Uh, <laughs> uh, we, did it, we did the bottle rockets. Yeah. We used to play uh, Cowboys and Indians, but it was about kicking each other off the other guy's motorcycle. 
while riding oh. full screen. Um, Drown the Clown, Smear the, that other game. Yes. I remember Butts Up. <laughs> you know, you know, today is. Yeah. 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 I know. Yeah. But yeah. Then you got to you remember Butts Up and it's about just zinging the guy in the balls with the tennis ball. <laughs> <laughs> what was up with that game? What happened to that too? <laughs> Well, I don't think they're playing that. <laughs> What's up with your neighborhood? Yeah. That's what I want to know. I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here holding. I'm, I'm sitting here hurting right now, thinking about that. Was this game. Iraq? <laughs> you live with Johnny Knoxville, or yeah. what? what's oh going on? And the thing is, with those baby guns, you, know, you shoot each other, and you have to like squeeze them back out, like a, like a zit. Wow! Uh, it wasn't this bad on the south side. Wow! Oh, no, we were. we That's what it was all about: drowning each other in pools yeah. and stuff. It was awful. Go ahead, Susan. <laughs> no, I got the only BB gun experience I have. I um, I grew up with a bunch of boys, and my mother bought me a few Barbie dolls and said maybe she should play with dolls. And five minutes later, my brothers had them hanging from those strings that turn on the lights, and they shot them up with BB <laughs> oh, guns, yeah. and that was the end of it. And but what did you like to do? What did I like to do? Well, yeah. we lived in a neighborhood that was under construction, and you know those um, there were houses under construction, and as soon as they would leave for the day, we would like little ants and you know come out and we would we you know those little pop out they look like coins that they pop out of an electrical box we, yes they look like money and we they thought, look like quarters we thought they were and yeah. so we would just run into the houses and just fill our pockets and bags with these we thought we were rich you used to get you actually used to put those in coke machines and they would oh, work right? the, no yeah. way oh yeah you could actually put them in coke machines back in the day until the coke machines figured out when they started to get the money out of it <laughs> and it was a bunch of those little we called them slugs yeah they are They're that's slugs. it slugs yeah, yeah. And, and they actually work for a small period of time, we used to just wrap cokes up with that thing, boy. And, and then you had to wait for the guy to leave. No, <laughs> yeah, well, that's, you know, no, that that only happened after they right. caught the slug thing, because when they caught the slug thing, they're yeah. like, these guys, you know, they're they, they're going to get the money out of the thing, and they see all these slugs in there. Yeah. So they, you know, they're like, well, what is this? You know. So they, they changed great. the way how you put it because now they, you know, because yeah. the slugs were about the same size of a quarter, yeah. and they kind of felt like a quarter. Yeah. Yeah. So then yeah. when they when they changed the machine yeah. to actually know what was going in there yep. then that's when they locked us down and they started putting them behind the back and then we were like like little hyenas waiting in the <laughs> waiting in the high grass you know eyes peeking above the grass okay guys he's gone let's go and we sprint over there and then we go behind the behind the coke machine and just start pulling out cokes hot as hell <laughs> coca-cola hot as hell when you be drinking it's like drinking acid it's not that it's like, great yeah. oh but but you know what when you're a kid yeah. and it's free you didn't care yeah you just drank it you just drank it yeah, that's, uh, that's, yeah, no, I, the fields, I remember everybody, you know, kind of, you know, showing up the fields, conjugating and, and just playing multiple games, football, like King said, depending on what sport it was, you played that, but uh, wiffle ball. No, oh, here we go again. Oh, Jesus. Oh, oh man. <laughs> wiffle ball. Oh, God. There was two things I remember great. Wiffle ball, we had a tremendous, like Wrigley Field with, with the, you know, with the fence, uh, with the shrubs as the fence. We built a mound. It was outstanding. And the other thing I really remember about, we were talking about, but summertime. I remember my, my buddy had a porch, screen porch. Those are the best. In the summertime when, when it would, at night, and you didn't know what time it was when you were a little kid. It'd be raining and the thunder, and you'd be sitting on that porch. It was awesome. Those are great moments. Screen porch? The screen porch. Smoking weed. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So always got to take it somewhere wow. else. Wow. I tell you, I tell this you, so, childhood, I tell you, not I tell you, childhood, exactly. Oh. I tell you some other someday. I, I <laughs> this guy here, man. I, I tell you some other games that were fun. Like you know, we used to play kill the man with the ball, oh, where yeah. you know you throw the football up, and then whoever got it, everybody would jump like it was like a wedding, and you jump up and try to get the ball, and whoever got the ball, they just dog piled them. 
Um, the other game, the other game I like. Kill the uh, man with the ball. Kill the yeah, man yeah. with the ball. Yeah. Another game was Red Rover, Red Rover. Yep. Red Send Ro- John over. Yep. And it'd be John against like 20 people. <laughs> and you and he's trying to run. And you just cream him. And yeah. then if whoever tackled it, it was like, I think it was whoever he tackled. If John tackled somebody, then they would be on his team. Then you'd have two guys on the team. And then you till you get the last person. And then, then that game was like, you know, we'd have some girls playing. And I'll tell you what, boy, we had some serious tackling girls, man. I remember a girl. <laughs> Her name was Danae, Danae Williams, and she was built like Erlacher. And she hit me one time, dude. I bit my tongue. I thought I bit it off. Yeah, I was running. <laughs> I thought I was going for the touchdown. And she came flying. She was older than me. She came flying out of nowhere. And I think she even jumped up in the air and was like <laughs> parallel. That had to be kind yeah, of, and she kind of fun, me. though, in oh, some way. Oh, Getting man. tackled by a girl. No, no, not this girl. She was, she was strong, man. She could fight, too. She was, she was fighting. Not like the one-on girl. Not like the one-on girl, but she yeah. could fight. I, you know. It's amazing we survived our childhood when you look back on it. We played, played tackle football with no equipment. Ooh. You know, you, you We drank fast, out of streams. Fast pitch. Or, yes. or garden hoses. Like, or or remember when your coach would come pick you up in a pickup truck and all the oh, kids yeah. would pile in the back. Absolutely. And then we're driving on the highway, bouncing up and down, thinking <laughs> it's like the greatest thing. And now you would yeah. never no. put your kid in an open pickup truck. You'd be arrested. So well, those old station wagons used to have the kids yes, sit in the back. Yes, they just fly yeah. out yes, the back. Fly out the back. Yeah, oh yeah. my God. Nobody, nobody, nobody fastened a seatbelt. No. There were no, no. seatbelts on buses. You'd be riding on the bus, all of a sudden you'd like hit a curb. Everybody would be flying over to the next well, row. We, no we one cared. We used to go on family vacations, my, myself and two sisters, and of course my parents sit in the front seat, and he always had these big cars, you know, big old Buicks and stuff, and, and my dad liked to smoke, so he, he would flick the cigarette out there, and he'd go in the back seat, and oh, I'm on fire! Roll him over, put some butter on him! Oh my God! That was, the, that was the original child abuse. Oh yeah, dude. Oh, dude. Mark's got some cigarette burns. Oh, I do. I do. Oh my God! He's like, he's like the thing. Where would it go? It's on my head. My shirt's on fire. Roll him over, honey. Roll him over. Spit on him. Put him out. I mean, those trips. You, you, you drive. We lived, grew up in Milwaukee. We went to the, like Yellowstone National Park. And my dad's like trying to get there in one day. I'm like, can we stop at a hotel? Oh, <laughs> hey, hey. Oh, that's, I, that, I think all parents yeah. are like that. My dad, my dad, we used to go spend, uh, spend most of the summer with my grandmother in Little Rock, Arkansas. So Little Rock, Arkansas from Oklahoma is probably a good 10, 11 hour drive. My dad would get off work. It could be eight o'clock at night. He, he'd sit there in his little white beater. <laughs> <laughs> In the so 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 America so America you already know about James King I'm just getting a little so he'd be in his little white beater and he'd be eating the chicken two hands <laughs> you know my dad always eating chicken he's eating chicken okay and he said all right the boys packed and ready to go and we'd be like yeah but are we leaving now he's like yeah jump in the car let's go my dad would drive all night. And then turn around, have breakfast in Little Rock, Arkansas, and drive all the way back. <laughs> there was no, there was no, no, no like, there was like no sleep. He was, I was like, he couldn't oh. get rid of you fast enough. <laughs> wow, that hurt. That hurt. That hurt. I mean, what, Stinger, what you, Stinger, Stinger. That's why we call him Stinger, ladies and gentlemen. It's not because that little piece of hair in his chin. It's because he's stinging people when he has an opportunity. Look, he's already messed up the yeah. song. <laughs> that was supposed to be my Stinger rap. You know, one year, Stacey, we went to Canada. My dad thought that would be fun. Like, we'll drive to Montreal. You know? So so you get to the border, and, you know, they want to check the car, make sure you're not bringing anything illegally. So they say, you have anything to declare? I want to declare. Can I go home? This is miserable. 
No, all we're doing is driving. <laughs> oh, oh, how about this? Remember, remember, you used to go to the drive-in movies. Oh yeah. Okay, so you had to pay for like everybody in the car. My oh, dad yeah. would make us go in the trunk. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I've heard he'd of that. Like, yeah. I've heard oh, of yeah. that. He'd be like, "All right, before we pull into the theater, all right, you guys pile into the trunk." And not knowing that we could suffocate in there, what right, if we right. got stopped or something? You know, we just get in the back, and then all of a sudden it'd just be my mom and dad in the car, and it's only paying for two. Right. Then all of a sudden we get in, we get, we go off far from the where we came in at all of a sudden all these kids are piling out like clowns in a clowns in a little car just coming out what was that like oh it was it was oh hey, my god to, honestly just to go see a movie was awesome yeah i mean the drive so you didn't juice, care i didn't care it was but we only had like two you know that little the little microphones that would be on the car right you only get one you know on each side yeah and so we're in the back we can't hear anything. We're, it's like a silent movie. We're just sitting there like, what are they saying? Hey, hey, Daryl, what are they saying? I don't know, Lamont, what are they saying? And my dad, shut up. We can't hear it. <laughs> shut up. I'm like, well, damn, we can't hear it either. You know, some of those driving theaters had the uh, uh, swing sets and the, so oh, the yeah. kids yeah, could play. Right. Yeah, just, yeah. We never had that. those. Parents. You didn't have nah, know. nah. It was straight driving, <laughs> straight drive in, and then it had it had like the little popcorn place where you, you know a little building where you go get popcorn, yeah, yeah. and you had to walk like through six rows yeah, to go get it. Right. And like when I got older, my dad would always make us go get it. And so we're missing half the movie because we'd always go see those Chuck Norris movies like Delta Force and all. You remember those movies? <laughs> yeah. So my dad was a big like Chuck Norris fan. So we became Chuck Norris fans, you know. So I want to watch Chuck Norris. He'd be like, Stacey, you and your brother go get some popcorn and soda. <laughs> and so you got to go buy all this, right? You know, and then you got to bring like six Cokes, you know, two big popcorns. And, you know, and if one of them dropped, it was yours. Hey, we're, you know, can I get some popcorn, Dad? No, you dropped yours outside. <laughs> you know, you, you got to learn how to you got to learn how to carry him, son. Like, come on, pops. <laughs> it was tough being a kid back then. Oh man, yeah, kids today have it easy. Oh, oh easy. Ah, <laughs> uh, they. I mean, my kids don't even know what hand me downs are. They never. They never. Some dirt on it. Oh man, they dude. Know what that means. My my, yeah. my my kids know what that means. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, but like like when I was coming up, like um, my mom, we never did school shopping for us because we always got stuff from the older brothers yeah. coming down. Sure. So I was all my brothers were all my idols. I'm like, oh, I get to wear my brother's shoes. I get to wear his pants. Aww. Well, when I got my brother's shoes, it's like three or four sizes too big. So I'm walking around with like some sneakers on that look like Ronald McDonald shoes that are curling <laughs> at the top. <laughs> I, mean, I told my mom, hey, mom, I think these are a little bit too big. You're gonna wear them until you can't wear them anymore. You'll grow into them. <laughs> like, jeez. <laughs> or, or you get some jeans, you get some jeans that were too long, okay? And my mom didn't do any of the sewing and stuff. She said, just roll them up. And so you'd roll them up, you know, and it looked like you have a big cuff. And it's like, you just be like, God, I gotta go to school with these. <laughs> oh you're, you're gonna grow into them. Trust me, you're gonna grow into them. It's like, oh. did you? No, not that year. <laughs> no, not that year. It, it took a while to, for me to do that. But I, I tell you, I mean, I used to idolize my brother. So anything they did, like when they when they got like my mom and them bought them cars when they were in high school. They had the sweetest cars, you know, Trans Am with T-tops, sweet sky blue. I used to sit in there as a, like a 12, 13-year-old in my brother's car, acting like I was driving. He'd be like, get out of my car, you little worm. Like, okay. <laughs> so then when it was my turn to get a car, I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to get this nice car. My dad's going to give me. My brother, older brother had a GTO muscle car. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to give me a nice car. Dad says, um, um, you plan on working this summer? As he's eating chicken, <laughs> two hands, little, bu little buddy, yeah, little buddy, yeah. And, and he's got his he's got his white beater on. He's like, uh, you going, you know? I said, Dad, um, you gonna get me a car this year? You got a job? 
<laughs> Two hands. I'm like, no. He's like, well, I got a job for you. Um, they're hiring at the mess hall on, on, on the army base. I got your job. You're going to start working at 4.30 in the morning until oh, 1 o'clock. Oh. Yeah. And I had to pay. I worked two summers before I got my car. I didn't get a, you know, a GTO or. <laughs> just didn't get it handed to you? No. Yeah. Maybe work for That's going to be a good segment. Worst summer jobs. Mm-hmm. Ooh. We got to talk worst summer jobs. Ooh. Sounds like King's got one that might hit the. Ooh. I've got a couple. Yeah. You know, yeah I got we, a couple that yeah. will rival, rival the King. I don't know, though, man. No, no. I got you. I don't know, man. I got you. I don't know. We'll save that for yeah, an we'll upcoming episode of Give Me oh, the Hot yeah. Sauce. You know, one thing I realized is this This is also off the wall and on the download at the same time because we're dishing some dirt on our families here. But <laughs> what I also realized is that, that my guy, Timmy Whispers, is a pretty crappy copywriter. I Looking back over this copy, you didn't tell people <laughs> where they could go to order it. Oh, yeah. Isn't that kind of important? Oh, yeah. Where, oh, yeah. where, where can the good folks go if they puff, want to get pass. some of this delicious <laughs> yeah. hot yeah. sauce? Yeah. Change your bong water, will yeah. you? <laughs> Give me the hot sauce.com. Oh. Give me the hot sauce.com. Check it out. That's where you can I, find the, the Stacy King hot sauce, and we'll get it to you with the special code hot sauce twenty one. You get twenty one percent off. The twenty one percent off was a nice twist, but you got to tell people where they can yeah, go. Yeah, that's a good point, Mark. Thank you for that. Right. <laughs> Just want to make sure folks get it in time for Father's Day. That's true. You know, so yes. get, your, get your orders in now. We had a ton of fun. We want to thank Adam Amin, who was a fantastic guest. We enjoyed our visit with him. We had some crazy stories throughout the show. So I hope you enjoyed it. Next week, we're thinking about, we might take the show on location. We're in negotiations with several businesses. <laughs> We'd like to give you more information, but that's really on the down low. Uh, our, our guy, Timmy Whispers, is talking to the good folks at Moretti's. We're hoping to do a show in Barrington coming up. We hope to go back to Saludos. They treated us so great our first time out there. Saludos! So we are looking to take the show on the road. If you'd like to contact gimmethehotsauce.com, we'll figure out out a way to... If you want to take us in, you mean? Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, whatever. We'll we'll bring the hot sauce. We'll bring the hot sauce to you. We even work at your house if you want. (laughs) It'll cost you a small fee, but we'll work at your house. You want us to do the show from your living room, we'll do it. So I think we've done enough damage here for one show. <laughs> we just lost some viewers. I'm yeah, sorry. Let's bring down the curtain on this one, Stacy. What do you say? Ah, yes. Ah. <laughs> Drive home safely. Beep, beep. Bye. Give me the hot sauce. Sriracha. Bye. Oh, man.